Fiends and Horror Hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing really good. How are you doing? Uh, amazing after watching this movie again. Like, Halloween 2018, just going to go ahead and go out and say it. I love this movie. Oh, this movie's great. It's a fun time. Like, I remember this came out the same year that I met Liz. Um... And I saw it in theaters then, and this is back when, like, you know, you could still go to the theater, and that was your only option. You didn't have nice things like Peacock, you know? I mean, call Peacock a nice thing is a bit of a stretch. They got lucky on this one. Yeah. Well, not this one. We're not talking about that movie, but this that situation. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, you have to think ever, so I went to see this movie five times in theaters, you're spending probably what ten to fifteen dollars per showing, so I spent over fifty dollars on this movie before I even bought it. I agree though, because I remember me and you saw it together. You saw it the night before because I couldn't catch opening night, so I saw it the next night. Then you drove out to my town and we saw it. Yeah, and it, I think that was that was either the second or third watching that I had done at that point. That would have been the second because it was just the next day. It just wasn't the oh. early showing. That's all. Like yeah, it was opening night. That's how excited I was for this movie. Is like I saw it opening night, and then Greg of the Dead texts me. He's like, "Come over to a uh, our theater," which Greg's like an hour from me. But I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll go and see it again immediately." Yeah. So if you haven't seen this movie, I want to give the real quick. If you were listening, you're planning to watch it. This erases all canon aside from Halloween, the original 1978. Nothing else happened until this in this story. Right, there's uh, Laurie Strode, it's not Michael's sister, there's no Jamie, there's no uh, kid with the bad hair from H2O that was also Laurie Strode's, like, child. Yes, yeah, none it, of this. Goes from, yeah, 1978, Michael got basically, what we're led to believe is, like, he got caught that night, and he's been in jail, or, like, in this mental institution for, like... I think it's for, like, the criminally insane, so both. Yeah. Jail and institution. Came out in 2018, written, directed, and produced by James Gordon, uh, David Gordon Green. Yes. But it's and thank also, you for that. Uh, yeah, they got the Edward Trifecta, kind of. Yes. Um, Danny McBride also was a writer on this, which is fucking weird. I gotta tell you, I remember when this movie was coming out and everything, I was following the news surrounding it and everything, kind of. And when I saw that, no offense against Danny McBride, because I think the dude's funny as hell. That worried me a lot when I saw he was on there until I started seeing interviews with him and realized just how much he loves Halloween. I'm like, okay, no, he's just a super fan, like, on it. He's not going to Pineapple Express it up or anything like that. Well, yeah, that's the immediate thing I think of. It's like the guy from Pineapple Express with, like, the uh, neck brace on. Like, yes. But then I was like, I was very skeptical when I first heard that as well. But after I saw the movie, I'm like, okay. Also um, produced by John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis. John Carpenter, they got uh, him back in some capacity for this movie. Yeah, I think his pr- producer role in this was almost more of like a guidance. Like, hey, if you have any questions or maybe I'll like take some notes on it and stuff like that. And I think he still gets some sort of creative control. Like basically kind of a final say on things. But I don't think he's too like bring the hammer down style on it. 
Oh, no, not at all. Very much of, well, it, there's a scene coming up where it's kind of towards the beginning of the movie, but I see, like, whenever Laurie Strode is, like, interviewing with the podcasters, and she gives them, like, five minutes, and then, like, kicks them out, and is like, okay, I'll be paid now. I feel like that's John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, okay, I showed up for your little thing. Hi, here's my face. You know, look, I played the keyboard. Give me my fucking money. I want to go home. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, you want to kick into the movie? Yeah, let's go. All right, and also by the fact we call this Halloween 2018 all the time. It's just called Halloween, but you know what year it came out. Yeah, we're, it's a really another weird thing of there's Halloween, and then now there's Halloween, and then there's Halloween Kills, which I'm not a huge fan of the title, and I'm not also not a huge fan of the title of Halloween Ends. I think it's kind of weird, but it's also at least they're not like, not doing any more of like oh now this is the 13th one you know yeah so this is also appropriate for us because it starts off with some podcasters i was gonna say i love the new trope in movies and especially horror movies of the podcaster is now like a thing oh yeah it's weird how many times we've like been talking about podcasters in movies well even in like a real quick side thing of like the new chucky series like there's a podcaster in that and the podcast yeah. like like the kid is listening to a podcast throughout it luckily he's not just sitting there staring at the picture of the show while he's walking yeah our number one sin on that moment but yeah i love that uh, i also love later when they go to um interview Lori, and she the, the guy's like um we're doing a podcast and she's like we're digital broadcasters it's like no, investigative journalists yeah, investigative journalists. They got their blazers on. Yes. Um, but the podcasters are at the Smith's Grove, the hospital slash prison, whichever you want to call it. Basically yeah. the same thing. And they meet the new doctor. I forget his name, but he was a student of Loomis's. And he's fascinated by Michael, this guy. Uh, Dr. Sartain. Thank you. Yes. I love the cold opening of this where it's just it's not like a big like flashy of like, oh, look at like not like a Halloween four opening where it's like I love that opening. But it's very much of like, oh, here's Halloween decorations and everything's like fall and creepy or it's not like, oh, he immediately breaks out of the bus, you know, in the first two seconds, you know. Yeah, it's very clinical. And this is what he's been up to for the past 40 years. And it's so fucking weird just to see Michael Myers standing there chained up. Like, you, I know, like, it's like they're treating it like how it actually kind of would be in a way. But just the fact of like, holy shit, this just Michael Myers has just been standing with these other people for like this long. Yeah. And the how it would be in a way, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, he's just chilling. Like, what else is he going to be doing? But also, I don't know of too much about the subject, but I feel like in a hospital for mental health the best case is let's take these people and chain them up on a checkerboard outside pretty much where they can only walk so far yeah it's really kind of odd i guess if they just let them free they would like who knows what they're gonna do well michael's immediately gonna kill everyone probably yeah and they even say don't cross this line right here because he can get you then well i love yeah we're like we're, if there's so this is gonna become hereditary no, it is not. I will walk off if I have to do a two-hour podcast, Brett. <laughs> because I'm Brandon gonna... gets a pass. I'm allowed to do it. If we have a third, I'm like, okay, whatever. Me and you, we're not doing two hours. Damn it. Because I have so much. Because even, like, when they walk out onto, like, the checkerboard thing where they have all the patients, like, chained up, 
and they're like, um, oh yeah, we want to see how aware he is. And Dr. Saitane's like, oh, he's aware. He saw you coming in. Also, you should tie your shoelace because that gentleman over there has a very, like, uh, has an infinity for type, those type things. Like, just little things like that. But they go up to him and they start asking Michael questions. Like, he's going to do an interview. I love they know he hasn't spoken in 40 years. And they just assume, oh yeah, he'll talk to us. Oh yeah, he knows what a podcast is. Like, Yeah, exactly. You know, he got arrested in the 70s. Of course he knows. Yeah. And I also, as soon as they said, um, go up to the yellow line... And no further, immediately the first time I watched this, I was like, he's going over the yellow line, he's getting killed. I thought so too, and they set it up really well like that's what's going to happen. And of course he goes like right up to the edge of the yellow line. Yeah, I don't give a fuck how much I want to talk to this dude. I'm like adding mentally like eight more lines in between me and that yellow line. Well, because he's like asking Michael questions, and then he takes like the mask out to show Michael to see if there's any kind of a reaction and holds it out in front of him. So he's crossed the yellowed line now. Michael could grab him if he wanted. Did you notice what Michael does when he takes the mask out? Oh, I love the little, like, he, like, peeks a little bit. Like, he turns a little bit, but he, like, doesn't let himself, like, fully. Yeah, he, he has a little twitch to him when that mask comes out. Now, love like, you can feel it, can't you, Michael? Yeah, I, I, I know it's cheesy as hell, but I love this part. Michael's like, oh, it's almost killing time again. My mask is here. Yeah, or is it like almost something where he's like, he's been like laying dormant for so long. And now, like, I know later in the movie, like, the events happen for a reason. And there's a not exactly Michael Myers behind it. But as a part of it, he's like, oh, shit, there's my mask. I kind of feel like going out again. It gave him like a little dose of nostalgia. Oh, I remember what I used to do in this. That would be fun. I should do that again. I wonder if my old mask fits. <laughs> everyone, like, once the mask comes out, like, everyone else on the checkerboard chained up starts going wild and yelling and howling. And there's like, say something, Michael. I love the guy that just keeps going, Figaro, Figaro. Yes. It goes, say something. Say something, Michael. And they just scream, say something! And this, I fucking love the cut right into the theme from there. Hard cut, pumpkin on screen, Halloween theme kicks in. Yeah, it's so fucking awesome. And it's that, it's another one of those scenes, you see it and you're immediately pumped. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm in for this movie. Yeah, they added a little bit more of a kick drum to it. I know it was always in it, but like, dun, dun, dun behind it for this this work of the theme song. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I like what John Carpenter did with the original theme. They even, like, modernize it a little bit, where it does have a beat behind it now. Yeah, and so, it real quick, the opening credits are cool, because it's the original Jack Lantern, but it's reforming, it's mush, and they must have just set up a camera on this thing for months, and yeah. played it backwards, and you see it reform, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's a, they, I, like, saw an interview with, I forget who from the movie, but they said that's what they basically did. I also always saw it as a symbolism of, like, the Halloween franchise has been dead and shitty for so long. It's like, now it's coming back. Like, it's risen from the grave. The real Halloween is back. It's no more resurrections with trick-or-treat, motherfucker. You know, like... <laughs> we should do that one day. Oh, one day for sure, yes. But then we cut to Haddonfield, Illinois. And the podcasters are going to Lori's house. And like you said, the... Her house is locked down. They have to, like, talk through a buzzer behind a locked gate. They're like, we're podcasters. Investigative journalists! Yeah. And she's not answering. And she goes, how does $3,000 sound? 
<laughs> and then the gate opens. Well, I love there's that like split second of like nothing because you can almost think of like I think of Lori out there being like, "Fuck, goddamn, I don't want to deal with these people." But three grand is a lot of money. Yeah, I'll fucking take three grand from them. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> and these people should have been way more specific. Three thousand dollars for X amount of time. Yeah, not like they he she they literally seem like they get like five minutes. Like what we see is actually the only amount of time that they have. Yeah, yeah. There's no cut scene from it, and they say they want to learn about cases like this because there's always something new to learn. And she's very at this point, even though she's like kind of, you can tell her house is very locked down and everything. She al- almost seems like she's like just put it away. She's like, there's nothing new to learn. Bunch of people died. I survived. The end. Yeah, and uh, like you were saying about her house being super locked down, I love when they get to her door, and it's the shot of her taking, like, the giant um, lock off the door, then there's the giant bar across the door, there's another lock, and then she does the tiny, she unlocks, like, the tiny door lock. Yes. And for some reason, it makes me laugh every single time, because it's, like, all this major security, and she still locks the tiny little, like, shitty deadbolt thing. Yeah, we learned she's twice divorced and she's had a rocky relationship with her daughter because the state took her when she's 12. And when I say we learn, she doesn't say any of this. These podcasters are just like, here, let's air all the worst moments of your life to you. Yeah, and they don't even like work up to it at all. It's not like when you whenever you like do an interview, you've listened to many interviews, Greg, you warm up to it. Like, especially I, I know you don't like listen to like Howard Stern. But he would do it like the best back in the day where he would start off with just like some softball questions, just little bits, you know, just easy stuff. And he would slowly work his way up to like asking this like extreme like celebrity guest, like when's the first time you ever did anal? And they're like, <laughs> answer the question. Yeah, that's the way you're supposed to do it. Not these like, people. Immediately like, so you're your entire you lost your entire family because you're nutso. What do you think about that? What's even more insane than that is they want Lori to go sit down with Michael. But they're so unprofessional and so weird how they do it. Because they're, they're, they're from, like, England or something that sound, sounds like, because they have accents. Yeah. But they sit down, they ask him, like, one question, and then all, the guy immediately is like, so, do you believe in him? And she's like, who? It's like, the B-man. And then I love the look that, you know, like, shoots him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, she's, like, you just killed any chance we had of a good interview. But uh, she basically, at that point, kicks them out. After the, you should sit down with Michael, he might talk to you. Part of me also wants to see that movie, if they would have did that. Yeah, actually, like, have, well, I think if they would have sat down, like, across from each other, Michael's still going to be, you know, chained up and whatnot, so I don't think he's going to do anything. I think she would. I think she'd kill him. Oh, yeah, I think she would. She would have a gun hidden somewhere or something and, like, shoot him or, like, stab him with something. But But she kicks them out promptly after that, and that's pretty much that. Then we cut to Karen, Allison, and Dad. I don't remember Dad's name. I love Dad. I do, too, because of the simple line, Ah, shit, I got peanut butter on my penis. And she, I love Allison's like, Dad, gross. Like, stop it. Like, he's like, yeah, um, you want to shit under my sink? I'll murder you and your entire family. <laughs> Talking about m- mouse traps. That's the peanut butter. But uh, Karen is Lori's daughter. Allison is Karen's daughter. Lori's granddaughter. That's pretty much all that. Right. And they're going to meet Allison's boyfriend tonight. It's a big deal. 
Yeah, and they keep talking about yeah, because um, Allison like won some special thing with like high school. She's in like a, she's in the honor society or something. She yeah, something like that. And they're having a big dinner, and she keeps bringing up so like, oh, did you call grandmother? Like invite her and uh, Judy Greer is Karen. I love her. Like she just stares off into space for a second. And then she's like, yeah. mom, grandmother. She's like, oh, yeah, I talked to her. We had a really nice conversation, but she can't come. I'm sorry. I don't. I honestly, after watching this a couple of times, I'm not sure what's truth and what's lie there. Yeah, because Lori seems like she just never leaves for the most part. But Karen also seems like she wouldn't want her there. So I have no idea who's telling the truth. I also love that Karen is immediately, and she's like, and we find out later why. She's like completely over Halloween, and she already has like a Christmas sweater on. Oh yeah, I don't blame her in this case. As much as I love Halloween, I'd probably be the same way. Yeah, it's just so funny. It's like, it's Halloween night, and she's just like, it's like she has her like fingers in her ears, and she's going, la 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 la, I don't see it, la la la, like... But so I like this little quick scene one because it, it feels so Halloween with Allison walking to school with some of her friends and they're just talking and all this is really here for is to establish that Lori and Michael are not siblings because they're like aren't they brother and sister no that some people in town made that rumor up but this scene just feels so original Halloween to me of them just walking to school talking with all the Halloween decorations and everything oh yeah and um. Like you said, it's just a little throwaway line, but so happy they put it in there where like, yeah, he mentions like, it wasn't it her brother. And it's like, thank God they cleared that up immediately, almost like with like pretty quickly into the movie. And I love how like he starts going on and on about like, well, you know, with all the shit that goes on in the world today, like some guy killing a few people like 40 years ago, I guess isn't that big of a deal. And they're like, dude, shut up. Her grandmother almost got killed. And he's like smoking a joint. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm stupid. And he looks at the <laughs> pumpkin and he's like, hey, you mind if I blow up one of these pumpkins? Like, I love his character. What are they talking about in class, Brett? I, I hope you caught this because <laughs> you always go on about this with the original. They're talking about the character's fate and yes, how they, they cannot are. escape their fate. 100%. Do you know who's playing the teacher? You don't see her, but that's the voice. No. PJ Souls. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm I'm also glad as much as I like PJ Souls that they didn't show her because if Lori is still the same person, if I saw PJ Souls, I know that's PJ Souls. I'm like, wait, yeah. she's dead in this universe. So I'm glad they didn't show her, honestly. Yeah, I agree because I've been like, continuity, no. Like, and even if they're like, oh, it's her twin sister, I'd be like, no, they never mentioned that. No. <laughs> exactly. But I, that's just cool little Easter egg. I love during when she's hearing the fate talk, she looks outside and sees Lori there just like the looking out to see Michael thing. Yeah, there's definitely some of these where it's um has almost like the Force Awakens syndrome where they kind of did a soft remake of the exact same movie, but a changed it, up yeah. enough shit to make it interesting. I agree. And then after she goes out to see Lori, and this is nice because... It's also like a cool little character moment for Lori. The only reason she did the interview was for the 3000 to give to Allison. And she gives her the money that she just got for that crappy interview. Yeah, and I love that, like, at first I'm like, oh, damn. It's like, Jamie, is like Lori Strode, like, kind of that, like, she's like, oh, fuck, I'll sell myself for, like, three grand. I just need the money. At first you're like, I mean, oh, I would. It's the for that. I definitely would. Oh, fuck, yeah, in a heartbeat. A three I'd grand, do a shitty interview for three grand? Yeah. 50 bucks and a sandwich, I got you, you know? Yeah. 
I gotta put up with some stupid, like, mean questions for ten minutes? Okay. Lori wants Allison basically to get away and use the money to, like, take a trip like she never did. Yeah, because her life right at a very pivotal moment kind of got fucked up by the boogeyman. And it's been nothing but that. And they keep reiterating that throughout the movie of, like, Lori's just been obsessed with this since it happened. I think this movie deals with uh, PTSD in a kind of realistic way. I want to say good way, but I'm not saying healthy way. But I think it is a really real portrayal of PTSD, which is cool to see. Yeah, and even, like, because you can tell she knows that it's not good for her to be this obsessed over this, but she can't help it. Yeah, exactly. After that, we get the target practice, a.k.a. gun montage of Lori just going all crazy. Yeah, it's really awesome. Like, it's a cool, like, little gun montage, and I like this little thing that they do right here where it's like, oh, Lori Strode's now a badass. Yeah, this is where we get what Lori is for this movie, really. Like, we knew she's scared, kind of paranoid, like, but she's ready if my, if anything would ever happen. Yeah, she's not dropping the butcher knife in this movie. God help, like, the random, like, just robber who just picks her house not knowing who she is, who isn't Michael or a killer, and then breaks in on this person. Oh, yeah, like, so, like, uh, Lori thinks it's Michael, and, like, they she never actually, like, 100% sees the person. So she gets him, like, kicks him down in the basement and sets the guy on fire. He's sitting there burning in the basement. He's like, I just wanted your television. Fuck. <laughs> I, I do like this next scene because there's three things kind of going on. This is Michael being transferred because that's why they wanted her to talk to him because he's going to be transferred. Like they might not have visitation at this one. This is the last chance. Right. Yeah. He's going into like a much like higher security place. Yes. What well, one? Don't transfer Michael fucking Myers on Halloween night, people. Wait till November 1st at least. Yeah, once again, yeah, it's Halloween. It's the day before Halloween or Halloween Day, and they're transporting him on that day on a fucking bus. You yeah. see that, you're like, okay, like, even though they retconned all of the, like, Halloween 2 all the way up until, like, this new one, there's only the first one, they love to use little pieces of those other movies. And also the thing is, like, even if we take away the movie aspect, let's say it's just real life, nothing else happened except for 1978. Maybe the guy who hasn't spoken in 40 years after he committed crimes on a certain night, he hasn't spoken, he's also capable of extreme violence and murder. Maybe you don't transfer that guy on the anniversary of what turned him into what he is. Or what's the big deal about transferring Michael Myers all the time? Leave him where he's at. Yeah, he's only killed on two nights of his life until this point. And that's Halloween as a small child and Halloween as a young adult. Don't move them then. Yeah, it's the worst. And, and if I'm that bus driver, I'm like, fuck, I have to work on Halloween. God damn it. Yeah. So that's going on. But what's cool is they're transferring him. As they're transferring him, the podcasters go on over some of their footage. They got notes and stuff. And they're playing recordings of Loomis from when he was alive. Yeah, I love, like, the Loomis stuff in this on the tape recorder, and I love that the tape's kind of fucked up, so, like, kind of hides that it's not, like, Loomis's voice. It sounds a lot like him, but yeah. I like how they did that little thing of, like, oh, we can fuck up the tape a little bit, so people aren't going to be sitting there, like, that sounds a little bit off, you know? And, as that's going on, Lori is in the parking lot watching the bus leave. Yeah, uh, chugging um, mini bottles of what looks like vodka... And, like, she has a gun. I'm pretty sure she came close to killing him here. Oh, I think she was trying to psych herself up to do it. And then it feels like she got scared and, like, lost her nerve, like, at the very last second. 
Oh, because she screams and cries and as the bus pulls away. Yeah. And um, real quick, whenever she screams and cries, it goes like it's a shot from the passenger seat to her. And you see out the window and you see that shape thing coming towards her. Yeah, I guess that was supposed to be Michael kind of in her head. I think so. I think they play with that a little bit in this franchise. You're kind of seeing mental things from other people. Right. Um, I forget. Uh, I think it's Ryan Turek or something actually said that he um is that he's like, you know, that shape that's coming up the Lori's window. Da, da, da. He's like, that was me because he was part of um this movie, the making of this movie. And I list, used to listen to his podcast when it was still around. Oh, that's cool. Oh, well, we get family dinner next, and family's meeting Allison's boyfriend, Cameron. It's a nice dinner and everything, but then Lori shows up all erratic from the transfer, chugs Karen's wine, cries, and leaves. Yeah, she, like, I mean, they're kind of, like, before she shows up, they're kind of getting to know the new, like, boyfriend kind of thing. Like, the dad and the boyfriend's dad, Lonnie, like... Uh, went back like go way back with each other where it's like oh yeah your dad used to sell me peyote like we used to trip all the times in the woods and whatnot yeah <laughs> is peyote a big thing in illinois yeah i would not think so i mean maybe but i never occurred to me that that was like the big thing there maybe it was just these two guys allison runs out after her grandma they're clearly very close but then the important thing is after that like the dinner kind of got ruined and is over and Karen's talking to Alice, and she's like, I never told you how I spent my childhood. And then we get all the Karen, young Karen flashbacks. Yeah, where it's um, like, yeah, child Karen, like, helping basically Lori, her mother, like, build this fortress that she now lives, that Lori now lives in with, like, the steel doors, the, like, basement and whatnot that's reinforced. Yeah, like, she's also running, like, drills with guns and, like, hiding in woods and stuff like that. Like, doesn't seem like the best growing up type. No, think of, like, Sarah Connor and, like, John Connor. It's like, they're... Yeah, it is very Sarah Connor, isn't it? And it's also, like, a very, like, strong, like, kind of, like... Now, I wouldn't say, like, older woman, but a lot of times you think, like... A lot of times in Hollywood, they're, like, in their 20s or 30s. You don't see, like, Lord, like Jamie Lee Curtis age a whole lot starring in a movie, and she's fucking badass as hell. Oh, especially not in these type of roles, which is really cool. Yeah. And then after that... We get the dad and son, or dad and grandson. Which is it? Going in the car to go hunting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dad and his son. Yeah, and you know what? Like, they're going really early, like, aka really late at night, that late. Like, so they're out in the woods early. And I think this is actually a really nice conversation, because the son's not into hunting. He wants to dance, but he still loves his dad enough to go hunting, but is trying to set his boundaries. I'm like, this is a very mature kid for his age, being able to have this conversation with his dad. Yeah, the kid's like, I love going hunting with you, Dad, but and I love spending time in the woods with you, but right now, dancing's my life. The kid does have that very gravelly voice for his age. But but it's, uh, it's also like a pretty badass voice, like he'd be great for radio. Yes, that's true. But they come across the bus crash, and they just see a bunch of people in white walking around in circles around a crashed bus. Don't get out of the fucking car! No, do not go and investigate. You have cell phones. Call the police and, like, drive a little bit away. Yeah, this this is insanity. But the dad gets out. He's like, I'm going to go see what's going on. Kid calls 911 and then gets out with the rifle after he's on the phone with them. Um, he sees an injured guard and then he gets on the bus. And the doctor <laughs> pops up, yells, 
don't shoot as he gets shot is my bam right to the doctor <laughs> yeah immediately like blam and you see him like oh and there's like a blood spurt and the kid's like oh shit and goes running away <laughs> then he gets back in the car i think he gets kind of freaked out after shooting the doctor and these hands clearly michael grab him and slam his head into the glass and then like snap his neck yeah, which at this point, I even remember seeing this in theaters, and people were like, oh shit, Michael just killed a kid. Like, this went up. Like, Michael really didn't kill kids in the other movies. Like, oh, this went up a notch in the brutality. Well, this kid's close enough to teenager age. I think Michael will allow it. Like, he won't kill little kids. Well, other than, um, let's say, was it uh, Halloween 4 and 5, where he's trying to kill an 8-year-old girl and fails completely. Yeah, we're not talking. <laughs> nope. But then, like, the sheriff shows up on scene. There's two dead guards. Two dead guards. The dad's dead. He finds the doctor. He's like, I've been shot. And that's pretty much it. So he's going to go hang out with him. Was it the sheriff or was it Hawkins? I don't remember. No, because Hawkins is at a as at the um like gas station playing uh, Back that's to the right. Future Pinball. Is it him that goes on the scene? Oh, I guess it is. Because, yeah, he was playing Back to the Future Pinball. Then he got the call. So, yeah, it was him. Okay, yeah, not the sheriff. The sheriff has the black cowboy hat. Yeah, a cowboy sheriff, which fucking is useless. <laughs> then we cut to the Judith Myers grave. Of course we have to go here, and the podcasters are there, and you just see Michael lurking in the background, still maskless and everything, still in his nice hospital dandy whites and all that. Well, yeah, I love the um the new caretaker of the cemetery in Haddonfield. It's like, oh, yeah, I have a friend, like, one town over. They got a beatnik poet. They got Bernie Mac. No, people come all around to pay their respects. But all Haddonfield has is Judith Myers. Can you please explain to me what's so special about Judith Myers? And then the guy podcaster goes into this long monologue how he's like, and then Michael took the butcher knife and he scraped her spinal cord with it and sever the ligaments in her hands when she was trying to defend herself and goes into this like extreme detail and then like you said she almost goes to like roll her eyes it almost looks like and then yeah, yeah. she sees michael like standing off in the distance and then we cut to the cops they realizing michael was on the bus and we get the line what are we gonna do cancel halloween Ha 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 ha, yeah, that's really funny, uh, cowboy cop. Yeah, that's, that's a laughing matter. Michael Myers is loose on Halloween, but yucka yucka, you know, like, fucking do your job. Like, you should be afraid. Well, at this point in the movie, I'm almost starting to get tired of these podcaster characters. So, this next scene, yeah, it's about time. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you're going to love the next scene, Craig, then. Exactly, because this is them at the gas station, right? Yeah, where they um pull up and they're like, they're very much of, uh, she's going to go to the bathroom. She's like, I'm going to go to the loo. Do you want anything from the shop? Like, <laughs> Yeah, the, the most British people in Illinois that day. Did you notice Michael uh, drive up in the background? I did. I'm glad we see Michael driving this, even yeah. though I'm still not buying it, but I'm glad we see it again. Yeah, and I also love, like, so she goes inside and she even asks the gas station attendant. She's like... I forget, she doesn't use the word, she doesn't say Lou, but she's like, where's your water closet, or something like no, that? No, she says Lou, like, she says Lou. Oh, she, where's your Lou, and he's like, what? Like, because <laughs> he's like a redneck, like, garage yeah. person, and it's like, and it's like, oh, um, your bathroom, oh, that's right around the corner there, ma'am, like. 
It's a gross bathroom too. But do you notice as she's walking there, you can see him killing the mechanic through the window? Yeah, just uh, just hair, just beating the fuck out of his face. It's great that it's not even in focus. It's not even like the foreground of the shot. You just kind of see it going on there. Like, oh yeah, that's normal. Yeah, I love how they did that. Yeah. Then we get this bathroom scene, which I, I think this is awesome. Yeah, where even like, I love how she goes in, she takes a paper towel and she like looks in the first two stalls and they're like really disgusting and like blown up. And then she goes into the last one and it's at least like kind of okay. There's not shit coming out of the bowl. Yeah, you you take your best that you can get, any port in a storm. Yeah, and at this point, yeah, this is when Michael, like, throws the door open into the women's room, and it's, like, going from door to door, and then gets to her door, and then she's like, I'm sorry, sir, but this is occupied. He shakes it, she's like, stop! And he stops, and then just, like, drops teeth from the top of it, like, reaches over and just drops a bunch of someone's teeth. Yeah, where at first you're like, what is that? Then it zooms in on, it's like, oh shit, that's like a handful of teeth. Yeah. It, it's really cool. And then the guy podcaster at this time, though, uh, finds the dead cashier mechanic, and he's on his way to the bathroom. But after the teeth, she's crawling on the nasty-ass floor, which is more scary than Michael Myers, if you ask me. I'm glad you brought that up, because I love the added scene of when she's going to the first two stalls, and she's completely disgusted. Now she's crawling on that floor, and, like, hugging the toilet bowls. Yeah, I mean, I get it. 100%. Oh, yeah. I get it. At that point, you don't give a shit anymore, but yeah. <laughs> and the guy breaks in, like, runs in with a crowbar and cracks Michael with it. You know, Michael doesn't sell this. Nothing nothing hurts Michael. Yeah, but it's also a pretty good, like, shot. Like, at least the guy came in and he's like, okay, he's he was smart and grabbed a weapon. How many times do they just run into the situation and they're like, oh shit, I don't have anything. There's a Michael <laughs> and expect like that to stop him. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, then he just gets his head bashed off the tile wall over and over like those sickening thud sound effects and then off the stall as well. till he's dead and then he strangles the girl. That's the bathroom scene. He's really relentless with bash- bashing that guy's head in. He's not just doing it just enough to kill him. He's like, no, I'm doing this a few extra times. This is fun. Yeah, he's having a great time. He's like, oh, it's been years. It's been like 40 years, guys. Blue skies and lollipops. And <laughs> and then he gets the mask back, and they play the Halloween theme over this moment, and it's so good. I love him putting the mask back on for the first time. So do I, and I love the look of the mask. Oh, yeah, it's all worn and kind of like this has been sitting on a shelf for years and years. Because how many of those Halloween masks throughout the franchise just suck? Like, the Part 4 one's really bland and stupid-looking. Part 5, it looks like Nicolas Cage. In a Halloween or Resurrection, it's, um, fucking CGI. Part 4 is my favorite when you think of Loomis's speech, like, those were the devil's eyes. And then you see him in Part 4 with the big eyes cut out and everything is my favorite. Yeah, there's no longer the dark, like, black eyes, the devil's <laughs> eyes. No, it's not that anymore. It's like, oh, look, he has blue eyes. Um, Lori sees about the crash on the news and then, like, breaks into Karen and Dad's house, freaking out, but they kick her out. Yeah, I love, like, yeah, Karen comes home from, like, shopping or something. There's, like, the back doors open, and she's, and then the dad comes in, and it's like, oh, hey, what's up? And then Lori's, like, pops out of nowhere, she's like, gotcha! You're dead! Yeah, I love, like, yeah, she's, like, waving a gun around, and I love the dad's, like, give me that gun! Don't wave the gun around in my house! This is my house! <laughs> 
But yeah, they rightfully pretty much kick her out. Like, get out of here, mom. Yeah, and I love how like they're like, get out of here, and she's like, take the gun. And they're like, no. <laughs> and then it's trick-or-treat in Haddonfield now. And mm. look, I get the whole concept of Halloween is no one even looks at Michael because it's Halloween and everyone's wearing costumes, right? Right. What do you think the one mask that is illegal in fucking Haddonfield probably is? Oh, yeah, that'd be like going to, like, Plainfield, Wisconsin and being like, I'm Ed Gein for Halloween. They're gonna be like, no, you go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. The giant man walking around in the mask of the guy who killed a bunch of people who still have families and loved ones who live in this town. Yeah, people were gonna notice you, bud. Oh, yeah, walking around Wisconsin, like, dressed as Jeffrey Dahmer. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not gonna be a great, like, going bar hopping as him with a drill or something. Yeah, but it's trick-or-treat time, kids walk right into him, and uh-huh. he doesn't react because he doesn't care about little kids, and then he goes to the sh- a shed and gets a hammer. Yeah, I love the little kids' reaction where they bump into him, they're like, what the fuck? Oh, sorry, mister! <laughs> yeah, when they look up and see him, like, oh, you're good! And then, you know, like you say, like, he, like, at this, at the end, the Halloween music kicks in at this point, too, like, like yeah. low. And it does this great tracking shot where it's like one take of like Michael walks down the driveway. He sees a lady walking in the house. He grabs a hammer. And this is another callback to Halloween 2, which the one that they redconned, they're not, it's not good enough to be part of the series, but we're going to keep using shit from it. Well, there is good stuff in it. And I actually like that movie, but I get what they're doing. I get the retcon, but that doesn't mean you want to ignore all the great stuff in those movies. Oh, I agree. I just think it's so funny. Because you know know what I mean by this one? Yeah. Where it's the, the lady the in pink and a ham sandwich. Oh, no, I didn't get that. Yeah, where it's, a, remember at the Halloween 2 when it's like, um, oh, yeah, uh, Mr. I forget what their name was, but Mr. and Mrs. Smith are next door, and I heard some yelling. Well, I guess that she he got mad and just decided to start beating her. Oh, yeah. When she's like, Will, do you want crust on your ham sandwich? And they're watching Night of the Living Dead and he's asleep. Yeah. But yeah, then I, it's um like off screen, like he beats her like to death with the hammer. And once again, like a few extra whacks in there, it sounds like. And he drops yeah. the hammer, grabs the butcher knife from like the giant slab of like ham that's just sitting there. Yeah, I, I like the weapon swap. He's like, the hammer will do for now. I'm going to find the kitchen knife, though. So. I also want to real quick mention, I'm so glad that the kitchen knife is like normal size. It's not the kitchen knife from part five where it's basically a sword. Oh, the machete knife? Yeah. Yeah. But then we get the amazing scene of Michael walking through the house and he walks by a crib where there's a baby crying. And he pauses for like a split second to look at it and be like, nah. And keeps going. Do you remember the theater reaction to that scene? I remember like people were like, Oh no! Like yeah. you collective everywhere. Because at this point, like Michael's way more brutal than we've seen him, and we're like, "Oh shit!" We don't know what he's going to do. He might actually do it. I talked to James Jude Courtney, who plays Michael in this movie, about that scene specifically. I remember. I was thinking, what did you ask him? Well, I talked about a couple parts, but that was one of the ones I wanted to make sure to bring up, like how we were like, oh shit, when he walked to the baby, and like that pause and the turnaround like was more terrifying than him killing half the people. He's like, you thought I was going to do it, didn't you? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I actually did. Yeah, that was just cool. It was, that was really well done, because he does stop, look at it, steps away, kind of looks back again, and then leaves. Yeah. 
And this then continues the tracking shot of now Michael's made his way through this house and is on the front porch, walks basically onto the sidewalk, over to the next door neighbor's house, and she's on the phone and they're talking something about, you can tell where it's like something to like escape people and whatnot, because she's like, oh yeah, I'll keep my eyes out. And then I love the little scene where like Michael like kind of bends down to look in the window and it does that little like, like yeah. tagger tag on it. And then you see the his shadow walk down the house, and then it just stays focused on that front window. And she hangs up and goes to the window to look out, and is grabbed by the hair. She screams and is like headbutted into like the chair, and she's like she, she like stops screaming, then gets stabbed through the throat. <laughs> yeah, he goes for throat stabs a lot in this movie. Yeah, well, it's fucking bloody. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut to the high school Halloween dance, and this is a big deal. Allison calls her friend, who is babysitting and not at the dance, Vicky. I like that we have a babysitter in this movie. It just feels appropriate. That's all. Yeah, thank God. I also, like, two things there. I love their high school, like, Halloween dance, and I always wish that, like, we had something like this, which we never did. Oh, you guys didn't have a Halloween dance? No. Oh, we did. That was, like, the coolest dance that we had at high school was a Halloween dance. No, I grew up in fucking, like, Bible thumper, like, West Virginia, where, like, Halloween was, like, evil. Oh, that's sad. No, Halloween dance was cool. Oh, yeah, I wish. Like, every it would always be the things of, don't go trick-or-treating. Come to the church and get candy from us. And it's like, no, go trick-or-treating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that sucks. But, yeah, no, that I mean, this is obviously a movie dance. It's obviously way more cool. And on a point... Costumes that would not have been allowed at my high school. I'm just throwing that no. out there. Yeah, like um, <laughs> Tony the Tiger Girl. That's basically yes. in lingerie. and Yeah, she's basically in a bikini with her whole body painted as a tiger, yes. And I love the giant muscular DJ. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like Kane Hodder. Yes, it's not though, I wish. No. But I also, like, I love the little detail of, like, his, like dj board it's like there's a uh, frankenstein monster laid out on it so it looks like he's like fucking around with the insides of frankenstein yeah that is really neat um what do we got here because allison and cameron are bonnie and clyde but reverse like gender bent right i also love um i forget what the um babysitter's name is but she's babysitting julian with- vicky is baby babysitting julian yeah which, but holy shit, Julian steals this movie for me so much. He is so funny. I love this kid. I usually don't like kids in these kind of movies. This kid needs to be in every horror movie from now on. Yeah, where I love, like, yeah, Allison and, um, fuck, what was it? Uh, Vicky? Cameron? Oh, Vicky. Yeah, Vicky's a friend. Yeah, they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, we'll come over later after Julian's in bed for, like, some Alakazam. And there's, like, I know you're talking about smoking weed. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I love this guy. I love how he's like, you, you used to be a great babysitter. Now you suck. I wouldn't be up. Uh, if I had a good babysitter, I'd be in bed having a story read to me, not sitting here clipping my dirty ass toenails. <laughs> <laughs> now, I love their back and forth, though, too, because then she like gives it back to him and is like, you're going to rat on me about the weed. I'll rat on you about your uh, search history. And he's like, oh, d- 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I love, because they cut back and forth between the dance and them, but I love their, like, back and forth banter almost more than anything else in this movie. Oh, yeah, where it's like, oh, you used to be my favorite kid to babysit for, and not anymore, and trust me, I babysit for some loser fucking kids. It's like, (laughs) 
which I'm pretty sure the story with him is like he was supposed to be like a very like probably not even really speak character but once they like let him improv a couple lines they're like oh shit this kid's funny and they gave him a lot more to do I feel like that would be a McBride choice oh yeah the t- tiger woman we talked about Allison's on the phone with her after she's on the phone with her she walks about she's out she sees Cameron kissing inappropriately dressed tiger woman she gets mad her and Cameron have a fight and he randomly drops her phone and what looks like pudding or jello or punch well, I don't know no basically like Cameron is like him and his friend are like getting like drunk together at this um like dance and the friend yes. wants to hook up with Allison unbeknownst to Cameron right and so yeah they're fighting like um Allison and Cameron are fighting and yeah, it's uh, her phone goes off, and I guess he has this thing of like she's always on her phone, so she's like here. Well, like he grabs her phone and is like throws it in the pudding, and he's like, "You're gonna get that." It's like so like shitty and like how he says it and whatnot, and you can tell he immediately like regrets it. Like I've definitely done like shitty things, like not like that, but like said something or been something like that, and then like two seconds later, you're like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have said that." That you think's the most tough badass line, like, oh no, I'm just an asshole, after you say it. Yeah, now I'm stuck here, like, alone. Like, Tiger Lady's not gonna probably want anything to do with me, because I ditched her. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. And the phone thing's the most important part. That's why Allison doesn't have a phone, they can't find her later. Yeah, because this is a modern horror movie, so they have to write around cell phones. Yes, which, that's that's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah. Um, Back at Vicky and Julian's, Vicky's boyfriend comes over. He, I don't get, he got a Halloween tattoo, not a Halloween tattoo, just a tattoo of the date. Is that just so we always know that it's 2018 when we're watching this in the future? That's exactly 40 years later? I don't get it. Maybe, or like, I thought that, because he kept going about on and on about like, oh, would this, I got this to commemorate tonight. And I almost thought that it was like, oh, they're going to have like sex for the first time. I think that was supposed to be the idea. I think that's what we're supposed to take. But then she, like, her next line is something about, like, I'm going to dry hump the shit out of you. And I, I, I would like to think his, like, inner monologues, like, I didn't get a tattoo to get dry humped. I think it was sarcastic playing when she said yeah. that, but I'm not sure. But, and I re- a real quick thing about that tattoo, when this movie first came out and after the fifth time watching it, I was, like, so close to getting that 103118 tattoo. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I like the Halloween yeah. tattoo that you got more. Oh, so do I. Like, it was kind of between that and the pumpkin I got. But right then, Julian comes running out and he's like, Vicky, there's a monster in my room freaking out and everything. You know, typical kid thing. See our Monster Squad episode if you want more examples. Yeah, and I love, uh, and then, um, fuck it, what's it, Julian? No, Julian's the kid. Who's the guy? Oh, Dave. Dave. And Dave's like, oh, what's up, little guy? You seen, like, uh, monsters and ghosts? He's like, shut up, Dave! (laughs) Yeah, she goes, I'll come check it out. She goes, no, send Dave! It's like, no, send Dave first. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like the boyfriend at all. No. Well, yeah, because it's like, oh, now that you showed up, she put me to bed. Like, I don't get to hang out anymore. But yeah, yeah I love him. She, they're going up, and he's like, will you call my mom? And she's like, yeah, I will if, you, if I find anything. Then she fucks with him more with the, sir, I need you to leave. Please leave. And then she jumps out, she's like, blah, and she's like, and he's like, oh, fucking bullshit, or she says something like that. Anytime it's a little kid cursing, it's funny. Yeah, I I love it. I think his acting's really good, though, with how concerned he's looking when she's playing with him with that and everything, though. Like, he looks terrified, I just feel bad for the kid. 
he's legit good. I hope I see him like pop up in more shit. Yeah. She's tucking him in. She's like, see, everything's fine. And he goes, can you close the closet door? It's slightly ajar. I guess there's a bit of a light in the closet. She goes, sure. And she goes to close it. It's not closing. She opens it and Michael's actually in the closet. Yeah, it's another like syndrome from like Monster Squad where it's like mummy in my room. It's like, why did the mummy go in the room in Monster Squad? Why is Michael just hanging out in this random closet? I can actually buy the Michael one more because Michael has a weird flair for the dramatic. He likes yeah. playing Halloween spooky games and like decorating dead bodies and stuff. So I actually kind of buy the Michael one. Yeah, it, that's true. Like, yeah, where he likes to pose the bodies and he is very dramatic. Like he's over the top kind of thing. Yeah, he's almost like a showman. Like, he like, yeah. oh, look at my good work that I made here. He's an artiste. If he wasn't a serial killer, he would have become, like, a comedian or an actor. Yeah, or some weird sculpture maker or something. Yeah. So, obviously, Vicky's running. Uh, Dave's out in the garage at this point, playing with a motorcycle, smoking, but he hears and runs out. And I, I don't know why these always make kills in horror movies seem so much, like, scarier to me is when someone's being drugged somewhere and you see their nails clawing at the floor always yeah. like amps that level up and like ah then instead of like oh okay you're about to die there's a i don't know why that's one of those effects that gets me well it's because you know that hurts and it's like a last ditch effort to like try to get away i would be fucked because i do not have fingernails so i would be just like scraping my fingers like <laughs> <laughs> trying to spider-man your way out of there yeah but yeah she's obviously killed the boyfriend gets killed too but i don't think we see it yet i think he just gets stabbed a little because julian runs out and he tells him to run yeah julian runs out and dave's like about he's like just coming in the house and julian like runs past him like you go up there you're gonna get killed yeah he's out yeah dave grabs a kitchen knife he's like fuck this or something and it cuts to the cop getting radioed about a domestic disturbance, which, a.k.a. the killings there. At the same time, Lori has her scanner going and hears the same thing. So she, like, makes it, she, like, bangs a U-turn real quick and uh, takes off towards the same direction. I love that when she shows up and gets out of the car, I know you got this Easter egg because the Silver Shamrock kids. Oh, yeah, I love the three uh, Silver, Sam Silver Shamrock kids. You got the pumpkin, the skull, and the witch. And it's 100% there's even in the, um, because I stayed, of course, like how many times I've seen this movie, I've looked at the credits and they credit Halloween three. So it's like, it's 100% official. It's not like they did a little tongue in cheek thing, you know? Oh yeah. No, you know yeah. what those are. I, I love, yeah. She jumps out of her car. She like, like screeches to a stop in the middle of the road, gets out of her car and starts waving a gun around being like, get inside the house. And she looks like a crazy person. And of course everyone starts running away from her. Yeah. As you should, she shows up there. Officer Hawkins both show up at the house at the same time. Hawkins goes inside and finds dead Vicky covered up with a sheet, like a ghost costume sheet and a jack-o'-lantern in the fish tank. Oh, I'm glad you called the jack-o'-lantern in the fish tank. I also love the jack-o'-lantern whenever the boyfriend shows up with it. He's like, look, he's he's got heart for eyes. <laughs> yeah. Lori's outside, like in case Michael comes out, and she sees him in the house, and yeah. she shoots him, but it's really clever because she's actually seeing his reflection in a mirror in the house, and she shoots the mirror and shatters it, and then he looks out and walks away. Do you know uh, that is Nick Castle, the original uh, Michael Myers, in that scene? Oh, is that one of the cat? I knew that he had a couple scenes like he was able to come back and do. Yeah, that was the one scene that they used for this movie that um he did. Um, where because well, he doesn't first... really move around that well anymore. Like not in a mean way, but 
Am I correct? Well, no. The, uh, well, another really side, like, little behind-the-scenes thing is when they were making this movie, they were going to contact him, but then they were like, oh, I don't know if we should because who knows what kind of shape he's in. Then Nick Castle posted a video of him on Twitter running on a treadmill wearing the Michael Myers mask and basically being like, I can still do this. So that's oh, when that's they're cool. like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got you. Oh, good. I'm glad he was still in it. I like I like what Courtney did too, but I'm glad he was in there. Yeah, uh, Courtney adds such brutality to the role, and he's honestly like, he might be my favorite Michael Myers. It's really hard, because even in the first Halloween, there's like six people that played Michael Myers. Even, oh yeah, there's masked, unmasked, which scenes, everything Deborah like Hill that. Deborah played Michael Myers in a scene, you know? Yeah. like. Yeah, but that was the first um interaction that, that that's the interaction between uh the first time Lori sees uh Michael Myers again, it's Jamie Lee and Nick Castle, which I thought was a cool little thing for them to do. Yeah, it's kind of poetic. I like that. But yeah, the kid she shoots, not really Michael, and that's pretty much it. Real quick too, about that um shot. If it hadn't been in a mirror, that's a fucking headshot. Oh yeah, Michael's dead right there. Oh, 100%. Where do you have, like, Well, actually, uh, knowing Michael, he's probably not dead. Well, no, because he does get shot in the head later. Yeah. At least close to it. But yeah. cops are there at the crime scene, and Lori meets Dr. New Loomis, and she says, you're the new Loomis. Yeah, I love how she's like, oh, you're the new Loomis, and he's like, no. Almost like, no, you're the new Loomis, Lori. Yes. Um, we get the pray every night line, which as much as I've heard is still a cool line where she's talking to Hawk and she goes, you know, I used to pray every night that he escaped so I could kill him myself. Yeah. And he's like, that was a stupid thing to pray for. I really yeah. want to um, real quick also say, um, Dr. Sertain, like really fanboys over meeting Laurie Strode. Yeah. He's too obsessed. He's like one like step away from being like, can I have your autograph and get a selfie? Oh, I bet you if it was under better circumstances, he would have. Oh, yeah. Can can you sign Michael's knife? This is the original knife. You want to touch it again? Yeah, this killed your friends. Let me see the scar. Do you know the stab marks that you have? Let me see them. Right after that, we cut to Allison and Cameron's friend, her also friend, Oscar, walking home. And that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah. This is such the... um. Yeah, is well, Allison and Oscar, yeah, walking down the street, and Allison's like, I don't know why Cameron always embarrasses himself this way. Like, he's a good guy, but he does really stupid things. And Oscar does the biggest line that I heard so many times in high school and probably used myself a couple times. You deserve better. You're the coolest, prettiest girl. If anyone can't see that, they're crazy. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Oscar. Yeah, you deserve better, and that better is me, right? It's not, well, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) But then he goes for the kiss. And she's like, what the fuck? And they're doing a shortcut through someone's backyard. He's like, that's not what this was. And she's like, no. And then she kind of storms off and leaves him there. And he starts blaming that he was drunk and everything. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm really horny and drunk. These girls at the dance were feeding me guacamole in very sensual ways. I mean, you ever like to think what someone's last lines were? Maybe not the very last word they say in life, but close to it. That's a good one to go out on. Yeah. Well, I love that she, like, then ditches him. And because at this point, uh, he was, like, following behind her. And then, like, the motion lights came on and it scared him. So he fell down. And so, like, she ditches him. And he's just sitting there on the ground, like, picking his beers up. 
and he looks over and Michael's like in the bushes, but he thinks it's like the owner of the house. And I forget what the owner of the house's name was, but he's like, oh, hey, Mr. Smith. Sorry, I didn't mean to trespass and shit on your land. I was just trying to kiss this really pretty girl. And you never, you know how it feels when there's just a girl that you really want, but you just can't have her. Have you ever liked a girl? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's just the funniest thing to say to Michael Myers, because I just think of him like shedding a tear being like, yes, and her name was Lori. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, though. It like, it like, why aren't you saying anything, man? The motion light goes out. It clicks on. He's closer. Like, uh, starting to really sketch me out. I love the motion light play here. Oh, like yeah. clicks on. Michael moves closer, stops, it clicks back on. Is And then... He's like, doesn't he like cut him? Like not the death cut, but like cut him and then he runs. Yeah, he like slices his arm and that's when he takes off running, screaming bloody murder. He's like, ah, help, help. Like the highest like pitch voice he could have. Yeah, and Allison hears it. She thinks he's pranking, but she does turn back to walk towards it. She's not running or anything. And when she finds him, he is like staked through the bottom of the mouth, like bottom of the chin and threw his mouth on the fence like he just picked yeah. up and propped and stabbed through there which is a really brutal like look and seeing the way they have him there yeah his jawbone is holding him up right now yeah and then she turns and she sees michael and we get my favorite new addition to the soundtrack right here yes too. i was hoping you were going to mention it because if not i was just about to holy shit i love the alice and chase music Oh, it's great. I just yeah. over and over. It's awesome. I I have that on, like, I have, like, a horror movie slash Halloween playlist on my phone that I, like, listen to, like, definitely in October, but sometimes even just throughout the year just as, like, a pick-me-up. And this yeah. is one of the songs on it for sure. But every time it comes on, Liz is like, oh, this song creeps me the fuck out. It's supposed to, Liz. Yeah, but I love that. Like, it's... John Carpenter just like, oh, he's back. Like, he's still, he's not even back. He's still got it, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it's fantastic. It's, the music is top-notch in this movie. And, but then he sees Allison for the first time and starts pursuing her. I'll say, I don't think this has anything to do with Lori. I know some people speculated. I don't think he's like, this is Lori's granddaughter. No, it's no. person. I kill people. Look, oh, that thing has a pulse and is moving and living, and it has blood in it, and that's not outside of the body. I must fix yes. this. Yeah, like, now my life's mission is to kill you. Until I do, then it will be someone else. I love to think of, like, every time Michael Myers kills somebody and they die, and he gets, like, really sad. He's like, oh, no, no more people to kill. And then he sees someone <laughs> else, he's like, ooh, a new person. <laughs> but she's running, and... Hawkins and the doctor who are riding around together to try to find Michael pick up Allison and that's pretty much it so she's with them yeah where I love yeah she goes and bangs on like a neighbor's door that's like close by and thank god it's not like in Halloween one when the neighbors like flick on the light and then flick it back off and it's like fuck you these people actually help <laughs> yeah that's kind of more realistic too honestly like if you have a young teenage girl screaming bloody murder outside your door you'll probably help her Oh, yeah, I'm going to grab, like, a weapon for myself just in case, but I'm at least, like, kind of cracking the door and being like, hey, what's up, you know? Yes, still be cautious, but yes. Um, But they pick her up, and then they're out driving. They're going to take her to Lori's, but then they see Michael outside. And Hawkins, I love, the, the doctor's like, 
don't hurt him. He's property of the state. And Hawk is like, yeah, fuck that, pretty much. And he just slams on the gas and runs Michael Myers over with the Jeep. I think it's a Jeep. Big SUV cop car. Yeah, the giant SUV, which, yeah, I love how he's like, um, yeah, don't kill him. And then he sees him, and yeah, he even, like, revs up more. Like, he goes faster to hit him. Yeah. Um, Allison's in the back, so she's in a police car in the back. She can't get out. But Hawkins and the doctor get out, and the doctor's like, he's dead. You killed him. And cop turns around for a second. Doctor takes out a little pen knife that clicks into a knife, and because Michael wasn't really dead. Tells him that and stabs Hawkins, killing him. He drops down, and then like he just wanted to see what it felt like. And then I almost have to take points away for this scene, but it's also yeah. hilarious at the same time. Allison's in the back looking out, just saw the cop get stabbed. And then she sees the fucking doctor pop up with the Michael mask on. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, and the doctor is in an arm sling, so it looks so ridiculous. Anytime someone besides Michael Myers, or I should say besides adult Michael Myers, wears the mask is hilarious. You remember the 2007 Rob Zombie? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. When child Michael puts on a mask! It looks like a bobblehead. (laughs) But uh, you know what I always think about too, whenever like uh, the doctor stabs Hawkins in the throat and um, he goes down? And then he's like, so that's what that feels like. Like, I always think of Dark Knight. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta say, I remember another theater reaction for me. I was furious at this moment because I thought Michael was legit dead. And they were going to continue on the franchise with this fucking Michael fanboy as the new killer. And I was furious for a few moments here. I was the exact same way. I was like, oh, you motherfuckers. You had me for this entire movie. Now you pull this shit? Fuck you. I immediately got, like, fanboy mad. I think you calmed me down because you saw it the night before. I was like, I'm going to fucking leave. You're like, wait, no. I think you said, wait, no. I'm like, okay, something's happening. Yeah, I was like, no, no, no. Don't pay attention to this. This is just stupid. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so Michael Myers, you have to think, he's at least, what, six foot tall? Oh, most definitely. Closer to seven, I'd say. Yeah, and very big and muscular dude for what he can do. And this old man doctor who has an arm in a sling drags him to the car and throws him into the SUV. Well, I love how, like, when he opens the door, like, Allison's in the back, and he's like, make room for my patient. Oh, he goes full-on supervillain evil here, doesn't he? Yeah, where he's... And then, like, he starts, like, um diatribing or whatever where he's like monologuing monologuing where he's like see uh these people want to kill this man for the murders you have observed and it's like why are you talking like this he gets his evil now let me tell you about my evil plan voice yeah he puts his pinky up to his mouth (laughs) but he wants to keep her alive and like he has never spoken i won't let him die before i find out why and things like that and Michael starts stirring. He's not dead. And she goes, he spoke to me when I saw him by the fence when he killed my friend. What did he say? Yeah, well, no, I love how he's like, what did he say? You must tell me now. What did he say? He, it's like someone telling me, like, oh, I know how um Halloween ends is going to end. And I'm like, really? Shit, tell me. Tell me. Tell me now. It's like he can't, like, help himself. <laughs> yeah. It was, once he jumped, he was, was it the sister's name? Was it Judith? Was it Judith? And then that's when, yeah, Allison looks over and Michael's now put his mask back on. 
and they're almost like basically right outside of Lori's house now. Like they're Doctor on Sophia the road to it. Yeah, is basically making this happen. This entire movie of he's like getting Lori and Michael back together to see what's going to happen. We should point out real quick here too how you said they're almost to Lori's house. Lori's house is under police watch right now because they think she's a likely target. There are cops sitting out, and they see, because they're still in a cop car, Hawkins's vehicle pull up pretty far away, but they can see its lights are like, what's he doing and everything? And so they're like, come in, and no one's answering the radio and everything, so they kind of get out to investigate, but they have a bit of a hike to get to there. Yeah. I love how, like, at that point, whenever uh, Sartain says Judith, and then, like, Michael has his mask back on, and Dr. Sartain looks in the rearview mirror and sees Michael, like, kind of move towards him, and he's just, like, joyous. He's like, Michael! Like, my friend! Like, we're gonna be buddies now, right? Let's go kill together! And, like, he's so, like, happy and joyous. Like, oh, Michael's back! And then Michael just fucking beats the fuck out of him with, like, the cage itself. He kicks the cage over, like, and crushes him with it, pretty much. Yeah, Sartain, like, like gets out of the car. Michael, like, goes through, like, the, the front, through the cage that he broke. Because now the front's opened, yeah. I love, then at this point, also, Allison, luckily, like, is very smart. Like, I love Allison. She gets out of the car immediately and runs. She doesn't... As soon as Michael's out, as soon as he's out, she gives herself, here's my clearance, and leaves. She doesn't do the thing like so many of these people do, where, like, they're watch for Michael to kill the person, and then they scream, and then they run. You know, no, she was smart, get out of there as quickly as possible. Yes. I also love the scene where the next one where Dr. Sartain is looking up at Michael and he knows what's about to happen. I love he's just, just say something like, please, just this is all I want. Just say a word. And Michael just fucking bashes his head with his foot with like a watermelon. Oh, it's it's a great, disgusting effect. I love it. Did you think for a second he was going to say something or no? I never uh thought during this entire movie he was ever going to say a word and if michael had said something i would have been like motherfucker why do you know where i'll give them permission to let michael talk huh halloween ends i could see like what you know michael will never die but if they're going to look this isn't a spoiler this is based on speculation people if it's ever like where they're going to kill michael and michael knows somehow if you'd say like one word before his death i'd be like okay but what could he say that would leave you, like, being like, oh, I'm so glad they did that? Trick or treat. Trick or treat, <laughs> motherfucker. Yes, that's what what's, I want. What's he going to be, like, please no. don't? Yeah, or he's going to be like, anything. I don't know what it would be. Like, that's for people who are better writers than me to come up with. Yeah, but you know, there's not a single thing that, unless he starts singing the Silver Shamrock song. Oh my god. If it's played somewhere, he starts singing along with it. <laughs> yeah, he's just... They're like, what is that? Is he making noise? But, so Allison, like you said, it takes off through the woods at this point, because they're almost to her grandma, so she knows where to go. Yeah, and um, real quick, you were talking about the um police that are basically staked out outside of Lori's house, just so, like, if anything happens... They can go, like, warn and whatnot. They're on guard. But they keep yeah. talking about, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, like, this adult man, his dinner is, like, a brownie and some chocolate pudding. Yes, it is me. I am this adult man. Yeah, it's a little funny back and forth with the cops. And to bring up Halloween 5 again, it's not the fucking... 
coughs from Halloween 5, where like they literally have wacky sound effects following them around. Oh no, it's not the bumbling idiots, no. But it, it's okay for then for, for something like this. I'm like, okay, this kind of humor works. It's not like, well, golly gee, I don't know what's going on. It's like Don Knotts is like the Haddonfield Police Department. Yeah, I get what you mean for sure. But they also made you like these guys too much that you knew they were goners. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's where um they roll up to see kind of what's going on. They find Dr. Sartain's head bashed in. And then it cuts to Michael's like standing behind them. And then it's yeah. back to Allison. But at that point, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, these guys aren't making it. Oh, 100%. And I think at this point, is this where it kind of cuts back to um Lori's house and Karen is like opens up the trap door? Yeah, we actually saw this already. But we skipped over it to cover the Allison Sartain stuff. But yeah, because she's like, he's like, what is this? She's like, my childhood. And you see yeah. everything down there. Yeah, that was about it for that right there then. Yeah, but now we're back with them again, and a cop car pulls up to the house, but no one's saying anything. So the dad goes, I'll go check it out, gets out, goes up to the cop car, and it's the one cop's head that has now been turned into a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, which, like you said before, Michael is very dramatic in what he likes to do of, like, how, like, I want to see the scene of him carving the head and helping him with the eyes. (laughs) Yeah, don't forget to help me with the eyes, doctor, as he's talking to the dead body. Yeah. But then Michael comes up behind him and chokes him out and kills him. Yeah, with um like uh dingly bells that like the wind blow. The wind, wind chimes type bells. Dingly yeah. bell. Dingly bells. <laughs> Karen goes downstairs because they know what's going on out there. Lori's upstairs and we have the door attack scene where she's up right at the inside of the door, Michael's outside, breaks through, grabs her, starts choking her out, and she shotguns off, what is it? Two of his fingers, his pinky and his ring finger. Yeah. Just just brutal. Which uh, I remember the first time seeing that scene where like Michael immediately is like choking her, has her off the ground. And it's like banging her head against the door. And I'm sitting there being like, holy shit. Like, okay, Lori Stroh's a badass, but this is also like an older lady, you know? Yeah, but it's also an older man too. Yeah. But, it's but like, a very large monster of an older man. Yeah. Uh, I was immediately like, oh, God, no, please let Lori have, like, some, like, comeuppance with this. Like, don't let her just immediately get the shit beat out of her. But, yeah, like you said, like, she, like, regains her, like, what, like, focus of, like, okay, I'm still here, grabbed the shotgun, blew a couple of his fingers off, and then I believe she retreats down to the basement. Yeah, because Lori and Karen are in the basement, and Michael does get in, because she knows he's getting in. Like, you can't keep him out. And so Lori goes up and she hunts him and he seems like he's upstairs. She follows a blood trail to a few false things. I love that the ones that like shutter closet thing that the uh, coat hanger attack scene in the original Halloween took place in and she thinks he's going to be in there, but he's not. Little like continuity thing that I noticed because I've just watched this movie so often. So like Lori and uh, Karen are in the basement and they're looking through the floorboards and they see like Michael's shadow where he's walking and that's when Lori shoots him through the floor michael falls over but then he like disappears again and then like the hunt is on kind of thing yeah but when you go upstairs and you see the floor it's tile floor is every room that though yes though you would not have been able to see the shadow between the floorboards if she had had hardwood floors yes but there's tile over them this movie sucks oh fuck you no it doesn't but very good catch (laughs) 
I will leave right now, good sir. We did not do two episodes every week in October to get to Halloween and say it sucks. Yeah, for me to say Halloween 2018 sucks when I have a Halloween 2018 tattoo, basically. <laughs> but yeah, so Lori's up killed him. I like the closet callback with that. But then she's following the blood trail, makes it upstairs, goes to another closet, and it's dead dad in there. Like he, again, he's an artist. He's prankster guy shoving dead bodies as distractions. Yeah, and it's definitely, it's a 100% reversal of roles from the first Halloween to this one, where now Lori's hunting Michael and trying to find him, you know. That is a theme in this movie, and the doctor says something to that effect. It's like, what drives both of them? Is it the predator is afraid that he will now become prey, like needs to prove that he's still a predator, or the prey becoming now the predator? Like, something like that. Yeah. That's the theme through this movie of which of them is hunting who at this point. But then when she finds dead dad body, Michael jumps out from behind a mannequin. And this is the thing I love about Michael Myers in general. We know he doesn't really run. You know, he has a very, like, purposed walk like power walks after everything but when it's those moments where he's like surprising he will fucking bolt after you and move like lightning fast and i love those little doses of that that we get because it makes it seem so much more powerful when he does it oh yeah he could be quick if he wanted to but it's like not like how he decides not to talk he just decides not to run after you he's like i'll get you yeah he goes, i'm not gonna waste my energy chasing you're gonna trip eventually or stop at some point yeah that fight goes on, and it leads to Lori getting thrown out of the window. What does this remind you of? Well, yeah, it's 100% from the uh, the ending of the original Halloween. Yeah, up uh, Even to the point of Michael looks back down after he threw her off the balcony. Like, she's there one second, he looks away, looks back, she's gone. They even have the same music cue and everything. <laughs> yes. But right then, Allison gets to the house, and... She's screaming and everything, and Michael hears her and starts going down like, oh, new person. But also, Lori's not dead either. Right, basically, he's like, okay, where he's like, there for a second, Michael got sad again. He's like, no more people to kill. And then he hears people, and he's like, yay! Allison walks in, and Karen opens up the basement dungeon trap door and gets her in there. And I think Michael heard it enough or figured it out, and he's trying to get in there. And Karen grabs her childhood gun with her initials carved in it and i love this judy greer i love in these movies i'm not gonna yeah. lie but i love her crying and like i can't do it she's shaking and screaming and crying so michael's like you're not gonna kill me like just walks right into her and she completely stops shaking goes 100 cool gotcha and just fires right into his fucking face so fucking badass i love the performance like you were saying it's so spot on because so many of these movies end with the person being like shaking with the gun being like i can't do it and then they don't do it and i yeah. love how it's like the plan from the beginning is like we need to trick michael into thinking we're scared of him yes and then, then we get yeah, uh, like you said like yeah he gets shot in the face but it's kind of like a it's like a flesh wound on his cheek kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a cheek shot, I guess. And then that is this when uh, Lori pops out of the shadows? Yes, it's the kitchen fight. Yeah, and what does she say? I forget. She says something. Isn't it Happy Halloween or something? No, because that's later. But I don't remember what she says. But it, it is like a one-liner like that. It's like, trick or treat. But it's not that, I don't think. <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but they start fighting. She... I think wallops him with a frying pan at one point. Um, they're yeah, fighting. Does. They get him into the basement, like push him down the stairs. He grabs Karen on the way up 
and Allison grabs the Michael knife and slashes his wrist. He lets go, and Lori springs the trap, and like these metal bars, like giant sword-looking things, like shoot over the basement door, and he's trapped in there. And that's where she says, "Happy Halloween, Michael," and lights yeah. the flare and turns on the gas to make the house go up in flame. Yeah, where Karen, where Allison had like a line, um, in the when they were uh, Karen and her were down in the basement, and she's almost something like, "Oh, it's a dead end" or something, or I forget what she says. No, it's, it's not. We're trapped. It's something like that. And she says, "It this isn't um, fuck." It's something like this isn't uh, it's not a safe room. It's a trap for Michael. Is basically what she's trying to get across. Of like, this was never like our like panic room to like keep away from him this is the room to get him in to stop him yeah exactly and that's exactly what it was they trap him in there they turn on the gas Lori, again just so badass happy halloween michael throws the flare down house goes up in fire yeah really awesome ending. oh and then she says she says oh earlier it was happy halloween michael was her one-liner because right here it's just goodbye michael and then she does that Oh, that's right. Again, this is great with the whole PTSD thing. This is her letting go. She did it. Goodbye, Michael. Maybe not the best way to let go in a real-life situation of killing whatever yeah. bothered you, but here it's perfect. Yeah, and then we get them, like, they're, like, running. They're, like, escaping the house, and they're uh, flagged down a truck, which I would that would have been a great, like, John Carpenter cameo if he was driving the truck. Yeah. I would. That would have been great. <laughs> All three riding in the back. Allison has the knife. And then credits. Real quick, though, post-credits, you hear Michael breathing. Yes, and we get, like, a real quick shot of the basement, and we don't see him anywhere. And I am imme- I remember immediately being like, where did he go? This basement is not big. Yeah, we knew. We knew. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's Halloween. Holy what shit. What a fucking movie, dude. I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's so rewatchable. It's like really amped up and like michael was just so like badass and like hardcore way more than he's like he's not crying to uh his little niece anymore in an attic no he's fucking brutal oh yeah he's a monster he's not a man he's basically bruce from jaws yes it's it goes back to the original thing of he's just pure evil yes loomis was right yes so you want to get into the count of the dead oh yeah i'm interested i can't wait to hear this number Alright, so if you guys don't know, the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead is a thing we do where we tally up all the deaths in a movie. We get that number, we add them to the grand total of all the movies we've done so far to get the Count of the Dead. Last episode, we did Body Bags, which left us with a Count of the Dead of 647. Where do you think Halloween left us? Fuck. Because there, there were quite a number of kills in this movie. There were? It might not be as over the top as you're yeah. thinking, though. I'm going to say 15. You're going to say 15 for Halloween. Yes. I won't say, so this is just a minor spoiler, a kill in this movie I had to take off. So you are 100% correct, 15 kills in Halloween. Nice. So yes, which brings our count of the dead to 662. Very nice. Very close. Oh, I'm dead. too bad like the next movie isn't like one of those like lower movies where we could get to 666 kills. Oh, we just have four. Yeah, like, have it be one of those, like, smaller movies, which we know the next one is not going to be, so. Yes. But, um, Greg every week does his count of the dead, ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my rating system, but I don't do stars or thumbs up, because, number one, 
Uh, Joe Bob does stars and he is sacred. And number two, Cisco and Ebert did stars and they can go fuck themselves. They should go say, you know, those, um, uh, the gas pipes that Lori had in her house that then there was like the, um, hot piece of metal that would like yes. heat up and like catch it on fire. They should go set on those. Okay. So I like to do something from the movie one through 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best. And I don't pick that thing until right now. And I'm trying to think what would be great for this movie. There's so many great little scenes like that. You could do like peanut butter penises. You could do, um, fuck, I didn't get a reaction. I was hoping I'd get a reaction out of you. Nope. You could do like head jack-o'-lanterns because that was an awesome. I was thinking that one, but I never say what I am because I don't want to influence it until you say it. I'm honestly, I'm going to say head jack-o'-lanterns. I like okay. that. Because Good. that's a fucking great scene of that. And I love like the little neck, like the NECA figure of Michael 2018 comes with the tiny little head jack-o'-lantern. I, I have it. So one head jack-o'-lantern, um, it's like the it's the head's not even really dead. It's like um they they, they just like painted their face like uh orange and like they're just like a little kid just having a good time. It's not a gruesome head jack-o'-lantern whatsoever. It's the kid from this in the Silver Shamrock mask. Yeah, exactly. Ten head jack-o'-lanterns is going to be like, I mean, honestly, the jack head jack-o'-lantern from this or the head jack-o'-lantern from Trick or Treat. You know, it's weird. We've had three of them. I'm like, Terrifier had one, Halloween had one, Trick or Treat had one. I forgot about the Terrifier one. Yeah, there's three of them. It's weird how many times this has come up. Um, I'm going to give this nine head jack-o'-lanterns, head jack-o'-lanterns out of ten. Very good. Very close to being perfect like the original movie. There's a couple little beats of things, like whenever the doctor for a split second puts on the mask, I'm like, this is stupid. There's a couple little things, like uh, the doctor dragging Michael to the car and throwing this ginormous man up into the car when he's hurt. For the most part, it is pretty damn near perfect, and I always have, like, I leave with a smile on my face every time I watch this movie. I was so glad because I thought you were going to go 10 head jack lanterns and I was right under it. Like, man, I feel bad for not doing 10, but I had to be honest. I'm glad. And we've been in very sync lately. I went just nine and a half head jack lanterns. Okay. And my biggest reasoning was also the doctor stuff just didn't quite do it for me. That's not to say the stuff at the very beginning, which I liked that, like the opening where we find him, but just the him being too obsessed with Michael and wanting to be evil like him and everything got a little cheesy everything else wow chef's kiss perfect but yeah. yeah that stuff got a little weird for me and that doesn't take away my enjoyment from it at all that just takes away i can't count it as perfect yeah exactly and it's it's not even like i hate the character of the doctor like you said i like him at the beginning but the more he becomes unhinged the worse he gets yeah so you ready to hear what we're doing next week which we already revealed last week but in case you skipped it yes what are we doing next week greg halloween kills baby Holy shit! Double feature! Yeah, I can't wait. I've watched this movie three times now, dude. I love it. I've also well, not watched it. I want to clarify, I love watching it. I have weird mixed head opinions. I yeah. can't wait to talk about it. I'm super excited to go over this movie. I'm 100% right there with you. I've seen it three times as well. I'm probably going to watch it at least one or two more times before you end up recording the episode. We record tomorrow. How are you going to watch it twice by the time we record? Well, I can watch it tonight, and then I'll wake up tomorrow morning, and then uh, watch it <laughs> right as, as soon as I wake up. Okay. 
but yeah, I cannot wait for Halloween Kills. Um, if you don't want, if you don't really want to go to the theater like Brett from Dimension Z, it is also streaming on Peacock, which is very nice. That's good that they're doing that. I saw in the theater on opening on Thursday. It was cool. I got to go with Razor Rob and Brandon, who both been on here. Also, quick shout out, congratulations, Razor Rob, on getting married this past Saturday. Congratulations to you and Sam both. Oh yes. That was such a fun wedding, and it was so great to get, like, most of the Why Not Talk About This group together. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But I got to see it with them, which was a lot of fun to do in a theater, so I got, like, the crowd reactions and everything. But then I came home, and the next day I'm like, man, I really want to watch it again. So then I, I got Peacock and just so I could watch it again. Yeah, it's definitely worth I think Peacock's only, like, $6. Even just get for getting it for October. Because um, we're not sponsored by Peacock at all, so this is like a true like shout-out for them. They have a pretty awesome Halloween selection. I think it might just be for October, so which is good because that's probably the one month I'm going to keep it because of Halloween Kills, but yeah. But yeah, I cannot wait to talk about Halloween Kills on the next episode. For sure. Well, real quick, too, at the end, um, every uh, episode this month we've been doing Throbbing with Horrors Offering to Sam. And yes. that's Sam from Trick or Treat and Sam from, uh, well, Sam Hain. So I have one question for you this week, Greg, and it ties into what we're doing for the next couple weeks. Okay, let me hear it. This week I have for you, what is your favorite character from the entire Halloween franchise? Okay, so this is tricky for me, but also extremely simple for me. The Halloween franchise actually has a lot of really rounded characters for a slasher franchise. I gotta say that. A lot of them don't. It's usually just the killer and that's it. But I'm going to be cliche, and I hate to do it, but he's just... It's Michael. It's It's got to be Michael. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's 100% Michael. And they were like, well, he's just like a creature. He doesn't count. So it's, it's the Loomis thing for me. I'm like, he's the personification of pure evil. Like, it's just so wild. And everything we talked about today, yeah, it's got to be Michael. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that. We're like, the best Halloween movies, like the Halloween franchise movies... Um, or when Michael is the most mysterious and you want to learn more about him. And at the same time, you don't. Yes, exactly. So who do you go with? It, like you said, it's so fucking hard. Like Michael, of course, is great. And he's in everyone. Well, most of them, except for three. Well, no, he is in three as well. They're watching Halloween on a television at one point. I guess it's a stretch, but I'll allow it. Jamie Lee Curtis. I love her as Laurie Strode throughout like all the movies like even at part two there's a couple weird parts like when she's crawling through the parking lot and she can't stand up all of a sudden but jamie lee curtis has even come out being like i hate that scene as well yes um but i'm gonna go with donald pleasance so loomis doctor wait was this supposed to be actor or character oh no actors actor slash character oh okay because actor it's jamie lee curtis or pleasance or Daniel Harris, fuck. No, I'm sick with character, because I wasn't prepared for actor. Okay. No, let, no that's what I meant. At the, the, yeah, character, basically. Okay. But yeah, okay. The character of Loomis, the very first one, he's kind of unhinged, but he mostly has it together. By the time you get to, like, part five, he's using a little, like, eight-year-old girl as bait and, like, beating, like, Michael Myers with a two-by-four. Yes. Like, he goes so over the top with this series. And I love that, like... Donald Pleasance was a, like, uh, actual, like, um, legitimate actor. Like, it's not like Halloween was his very first movie. He oh, was no. in, like, James Bond movies. He was in, like, a bunch of shit before that. And I love the fact that he 
stayed with the Halloween franchise up until he sadly passed away. Yeah, it's, he was like a classically trained actor, which is cool. Um, he dedicated so much time to the franchise. And like you said, just the character of Loomis is the guy who was right from the beginning. And then it broke him and sent him into madness. Like, it's great. Which it's so weird because usually I like I more like the bad guy, but something about Loomis just I love that character. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I got. So that's uh, throbbing with horrors offering to Sam for this episode. Brett, I'm kind of sad that next week is going to be our last October episode. It's been fun, this fun and exhausting this wild month of doing this. Oh, it's been so I've had such a great time doing all these episodes, and I'm all, I cannot wait to do next episode, but I'm also kind of sad. Because after next episode, it's over. That's not over. No, we're not done, people. It's, it's back to regular schedule. You, you're still getting one a week. We're not going away. No, but October's over, and we're into November, and that's close to December, and you know what's in December. Yeah, but you know some of the cool movies we'll get to cover then. Yeah, that's true. At least we have this podcast to keep the spirit going. Yeah, but that's all later. Happy Halloween for right now, people. We will see you next episode with Halloween Kills. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight.